Hello, darlings. You're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two friends talk about a new romance novel each week. This week, we surprised ourselves, opting for sweetness and ambiance over our usual smutty requirements. We're skipping the pleasantries because there's enough goodness to go around with Sarah Addison Allen's Garden Spells. Enjoy! Today, we're keeping with our Halloween theme and doing Garden Spells. It is a book about two sisters who are witches. Basically, if you liked practical magic, but you didn't really like the dead guy or the weird ants, or you really liked Comagua Parra Chocolate, but you didn't really like the tragedy of that book, this is the book for you. It's just two kind of vaguely witchy sisters in a quaint town in South Carolina, and it's about them falling in love. I listened to this book on a plane back from Thailand last year, and I listened to it on Audible, and I found it to be very, very charming. Reading it back, I didn't like it quite as much. I think, well, I know for sure on the way back from Thailand, I had dengue fever, so I think that kind of <laughs> oh god, <laughs> kind of colored it. What did you okay. think, Mel? All right. I really liked it, but I Good. have a couple of caveats to that. One is if you're in the mood for throbbing manhammers and slooshing <laughs> lady excitement, you should leave this on the shelf. But if you're in the mood for, you know, like the casual paranormal setting, a family love story, a couple of friendship love stories, character development, there's some really lovely, whimsical, lyrical phrasing. And it's less of a Southern tingle book and more of a skipped heartbeat book, if you will. Can you explain to me, Melody, what what a Southern tingle book is? (laughs) You know, it's the one where like 40 pages in, they are explicitly going downtown. (laughs) It's the one where they're describing genitalia. And uh, all the things that they're doing with those sets of genitalia. Um, okay, so you mean southern? That's what that is. You, uh, mean you know, tingling your bathing suit parts. Okay, all right. Yes, a southern tingle book. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant southern as in the region. Mm-mm. That's not what I meant at all. Okay, all right. I was like, is there a specific kind of like regional tingle book? No, okay. it's it's a it's a bodily region, not downstairs in your heart parts. Uh huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely this is definitely an emotional romance. I mean, I actually I would tear up at a lot of it, and I don't really? know stories of family redemption really get to me, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of what this book is. It was delightful. All right, so we have Claire. She's 34 years old and thus a dried up old bag, the book would want us to believe. She lives in a big old house that she inherited from her grandmother and mother, I guess. And the house is kind of a character in the story. It's kind of personified. Like when people get mad, the like the pots will move or it'll get like warm in the house or like there, there's a lot of like things that happen, creakiness and stuff. Just kind of cool. And uh, this town of Bascom has, it's one of those small towns where they want you to believe that every family has like a thing about them. Yes. 
And I think this is kind of true of small towns. Yeah, I'm from a very, very small town, at least uh, in Oregon when I moved there. Um, it was less than 400 people, and it's in the Guinness Book of World Records for being completely fenced in, literally, because it's in the middle of free-range cattle country. So, so the whole like town Stephen is... King's The Dome was your, like, was your hometown? It's, like, completely uh, I, enclosed. I am not familiar with Stephen King's The Dome. I don't <laughs> do scary stuff, ever. Um, right. But, yeah, you knew that one family, like, any boy in the family was going to be trouble. And mm-hmm. you knew that another family was going to be, you know, not very good at math, but, you know, really good at sports or whatever mm-hmm. it is. You know what I mean? I think Yours that- are charming. Like my hometown is more like, oh, that family does specifically meth or that family is, <laughs> is really greasy. You know? So I was just about to add that, though, when logging declined, because that was one of the main economic boons in the area, meth really took over. Hmm. So meth and prescription pain pills. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. the charming left mm-hmm. quite, quite a while ago. Well, the charming in Bascom never leaves, though. <laughs> exactly. Never. So, so Claire and her sister, Sydney, which will come in, are uh, Waverly women. And the Waverlys, all the women have kind of magical gifts. Each one has a particular magical gift. We meet some Hopkins men. Hopkins men are uh, born old and their bodies catch up with them, I think is what she said, yeah. which I found very charming. It's very and cute. Uh, we meet some Clark women who are particularly good at sex and desperate for it. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, the Clark women, man, they're, they're we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, so Claire's gift is that she's particularly good at gardening. They have a magical garden in their yard that has a magical apple tree and various magical herbs. Uh, the apple tree is a character in the book. It like it throws apples at you. It writes it messages really in the wants ground. You to eat its apples. Yeah, and if you eat one of its apples, you will have a vision of the most important time in your life, the most important event in your life. And for some people, that's a really scary thing. And for some people, it's a really wonderful thing. So uh, because of that, people try, people either really want to eat its apples or people really don't want to because they're scared of what they might see. I mean, it was a little frustrating, Erin, honestly, because I was ready for, I was ready for a book like her Halloween trait. And then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. it's, there are literally notes that I have here that's like, all right, well, 60 pages in, there's been no kissing even. All right. You texted uh, me. <laughs> 112 pages in and uh, there's not even been a handhold. I would like the, our listeners to know going in that there is zero completion in this novel. And so you can enjoy the beautiful writing with no like anticipation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get to it. But there's several love stories in this book, but they're almost yes. all emotional so that's so claire's gift is that she cooks with things from the garden and she gives them to people and then they feel certain things or have some kind of magical qualities the food does and then she also has a cousin an older cousin or older aunt maybe they're not really sure how they're related named even l yeah they're cousins and did you um, say even l's yes yeah okay well i listened to it on audible and that's what how the narrator on audible said even Mm. So yeah, I didn't have my southern accent whole, hat on. Mm. So her whole thing is uh, that she gives people things and she doesn't know why. And then eventually the person needs the thing. So she just her whole thing. She's this old woman who pops around town all day and just hands people things like tweezers or grass seed or um, condoms. 
yeah, condoms, whatever it is. <laughs> and then the person eventually needs those things. And there's all these stories of like, even L gave me, God, what was it? Even L gave a man, a little boy, a spoon and he used it to like dig up a quarter and then he used the quarter to go to the movies. And then he met the, his wife at the movies, like things like that, little sweet stories. So we've got her. So wait, and I'm, I have to interject here because um, mm-hmm. even L is an excellent supporting character she is a delight um she is just from start to finish absolute fucking delight one thing on page 49 of the uh paperback it opens up to the first words of that chapter are from evenel's perspective and she says there was an art to the male posterior that's all there was to it (laughs) and she's just full of um this character insights she's like 90 and every morning she goes to the track so that she can watch the boy butts run in front of her Mm -hmm. it's really great and she likes going to the track too because people are running so fast that she can't catch them to give them things yes so the the urge doesn't strike her as much (laughs) (laughs) right so what the first thing that happens in this book is that Claire goes to a catering event. She uses her talent to own a catering business and groups hire her to do dinners and stuff. There's a lot of descriptions of food in this book that are like delightful. Like she makes this like violet petal, a lot of flowers in cooking, like just there's a cake with violet petals in it that I remember from this first one. And like, just yeah, really like- and her her whole specialty is edible flowers. And mm-hmm. then Outside of Bascom. Within Bascom, it's a bit of a hardship because all of the families know that you can accomplish things with her food. And so they'll order particular dishes trying to evoke feelings from their guests. Right. And she doesn't have to deal with that when she caters outside of Bascom. Right. So she caters this event that's for the arts department at the college and she meets Tyler, who's one of the guests there. And Tyler is our hero. And one of them. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Did you hate some of them? No. Well, yes, I did. But we can. I didn't hate (sighs) them, but I I was prejudiced against them because of one of their names. (laughs) Okay. I don't do double Um, names, everyone. I don't like it. So our first (laughs) description of Tyler uh, to me, it's a little rough. He's, it says, his dark hair almost touched his shoulders, which for me is like a, ooh. <laughs> like, oh, I love I that. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. His dark hair almost touched his shoulders. His arms and fingers were long. <laughs> I was like, ooh. And his lips were fuller than she'd ever seen on a man. Yeah. He was trouble. Like, those three things did not did not do it for me. There the are descriptions later lips? in the book where I... Mm-mm. I saw great possibility with those full lips. No, I just imagine like this like gangly, I don't know. I didn't Okay. I, didn't, I imagine like lady lips is what I imagined. <laughs> All right, I hear you. But on the other hand, one of the things I really liked about this book is that we didn't have outlandish descriptions of human perfection. Mm-hmm. That's one yeah, thing that like drives that. me a little bonkers. Like At one point, I think they uh, look at Tyler and say he has some awkward features. Mm -hmm. I really like that this book embraced the fact that you don't have to be a paragon of masculinity or femininity or whatever in order for someone to find you really fucking hot. I just appreciated that because it felt more real world to me. It felt more charming. It felt more attainable, if you will. Right. No, I got it felt it felt realer to me. I, I and he's get, an artist. Like, right off that Claire 
Yeah, he's he's a great guy. It's just he the is. physical descriptions were not doing it for me. And it's very clear, clear that Claire was really about it as soon as she saw him. Mm-hmm. I just was not personally about it from the beginning. I, I warm up. Fair enough. Um, so after, so she, like, they both feel this, like, electricity at the catering event when they see each other. It's like yeah, a magical electricity sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Then afterwards, so earlier in the day, Evenel had given Claire a big lighter. When Claire is walking out of the catering event, like, loading up her boxes and stuff, she sees Tyler leaning against a tree, and he's got a cigarette, and he asks her for a light. And he's also glowing purple. Purple yeah, he has little sparkles purple are coming off of him because <laughs> yeah. um, and that's one of the that's why I described it as like a casually paranormal or casually mystical because mm-hmm. there's no there's no ceremony to her presentation of this. She's just like, dude's glowing purple. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. She just kind of adds it in every once in a while. There's no there's no like formula to it at all. It's just like every once in a while. And it's not even just around the Waverleys who, you know, these two sisters are like witchy. It's not just around them. It's really around everybody you know they talk about another love story that happened a long time ago where a guy talks about how every time he stood under a tree the leaves would get singed because he was so hot for this woman it's like well he's not a witch like this is just like a through thing it's it's kind of nice though i liked it Mm -hmm. so when she hands in the lighter this is an excerpt uh, I wanted to read. She felt like she had water against her back, pushing her toward the deep end as she walked toward him and extended the lighter. She stopped a few feet away, trying to keep as much distance as possible, digging her heels in as whatever force it was tried to take her closer. He was smiling, easygoing and interested. He had an unlit cigarette between his lips and he took it from his mouth. Like, I just really liked that there was this like force, like she was literally digging her heels yes. in and there was something like pushing her toward him. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, I will um, say, though, that um, this was the part of Tyler that I was like, well, hard pass. I don't do smokers, which is he weird. Says that, well, that's not even true. I try to say I don't do smokers. Michael smoked when we met. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to bring quit, that though. up. But I-, <laughs> I know you were trying to be charitable. You're trying to be like, listeners, Melody never is a hypocrite. And <laughs> that's just not true. <laughs> Um, I remember a time in college where I came home and my mom was like, I came home, brought my laundry and my mom was like kind enough to be washing my sheets for me. This isn't going where you think it's going. (laughs) And she was like, your sheets smell like smoke. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) She was like, have you been smoking? And I was like, no. She's like, why would your sheets smell like smoke then? And I was like, I don't, mom. No reason. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, um, maybe I think a burglar, being a cigarette smoker, is how my mom figured out that I was um, <laughs> doing it. Okay. Yeah. So he asked for a light, and she's just such a bitch to him because she doesn't want to fall in love. Claire's very like set in her ways. She likes constant things. We get a little bit of what her childhood was like here, where she talks about. Um, so her mother ran away from Bascom when she was pretty young, took Claire with her. And for the first six years of Claire's life, they were kind of like on the road. The mom was having like anonymous sex with men in bars and stealing for to take care of them. They didn't have a home. They were just kind of around. Then when her mother became pregnant with Claire's younger sister, Sydney, which will soon come into play, um, she decided to return to Bascom to make sure Sydney had a life. And Claire has always kind of been resentful of that and felt that she 
now she has a lot of abandonment issues. She wants to stay in Bascom. She wants everything to be set and controlled and no one to leave her ever again. So she's like kind of in this bubble. Right. And she's and always really resented Sydney. That is definitely the way that Claire describes it. And it's mm-hmm. definitely the way that she perceived it throughout her life. We will learn that. Okay. Just logistically, if we can just put our logistical hats on here. It's hard enough to be homeless and, you know, sort of a vagabond traveling from place to place. Then with one child that gets compounded tenfold because you're trying to find a place for yourself to sleep and a place for your daughter to sleep. I don't know that she went back to Bascom specifically because her favorite daughter was born. Right. And she wanted that baby to have security, whereas her other baby was a piece (laughs) of shit that she hated. Like, that's not... That is definitely a six-year-old's view on what happened. And I liked that because... Claire held on to that her whole life and she and she really she clung to the house she clung to her grandmother because they were the steady dependable things that she could stick with and then you know really resented her sister but that's not what happened no no <laughs> I understand not why she went back <laughs> but right. yeah but now she doesn't want to fall in love because she's worried that that will be temporary and that she'll oh, get yeah. left again and all that kind oh, yeah. of thing. Bitch so she's trying to really, really resist overwhelming abandonment issues. <laughs> yes. And I hear that. So she's trying to resist uh, Tyler. And then um, we may as well talk about Sydney now. So Sydney then was born in Bascom. And then when she was about six, her mom then took the mom took off again and left the two girls with the grandmother. So Sydney's version of this whole thing is she got left and stuck in Bascom while her mom went off and had adventures without her. And she really uh, wanted she because she grew up without her mother. Her mother was like this myth Yes. That went and did cool things. So she wanted to do the same thing. So Well, and Grandma Waverly sounded great. Yes. But on the other hand, I don't know that I would be so cool with watching an older sister bully a younger sister the way that she apparently was. Um, mm-hmm. Because Claire, for all of her wonderful qualities, when she was younger, she really resented her sister and took that out on her by excluding her from the activities that, that Claire was doing with Grandma Waverly. They would cook together. Mm-hmm. Grandma Waverly was giving her all of these you know, tidbits of her wisdom and training her to garden and to, to, um, to cook and to exist the way that she did. And Part of that was, I'm sure, because Grandma Waverly saw her personality and her talents reflected in Claire. But I'm sorry. I don't know (laughs) if it's okay to just like hum along as you watch an, uh, I guess, 10-year-old or 12-year-old shoo a little one out of the kitchen because she wants to stir a pot of soup. No, no, no. (laughs) You whack that 12-year-old. At least verbally. But wait. And you make her and include the whole goddamn family, Grandma Waverly. Why would you do that? She poor thing. Sydney would sit in the hallway and listen to them like mutter to each other and bond over recipes and, and mystical goddamn sage. No no. <laughs> okay, but okay, at the same time, Sydney's no angel. She like Yo, she's I hear that Claire. Too. Claire, Sydney's popular in school because she's the pretty one, the younger one. She's the pretty the, one, she's good in if public. You will, Nicole Kidman character here. Ayo. <laughs> and 
she's yeah, she's popular and she's making fun of Claire mercilessly once they get to high school to the point of like she went to the Halloween dance dressed as Claire to make fun of her. Absolutely. Sydney's no angel. Oh, no, I'm not saying that she didn't react badly afterwards, but I don't know that I would have any love lost with an older sister who I adore. I mean, because the unwritten thing here is that any young child looks at the older people in their lives and they want to emulate them. They want to be included. They want to be part of the family. So if I've been kicked out my whole life by this monster of a of a teenager... <laughs> Yeah. I'm not gonna be nice to her either. I, well, I really like this part though, because I feel like so many times, especially in these kinds of books, you get sisters that are just like perfect. They yes. love each other perfectly and there's no trouble between them. Like it's not you know, when Claire and Sydney when Sydney comes back which we haven't even talked about how she left. But when she comes back, it's not just like, oh my gosh, my long lost sister, I'm so happy to see you. It's weird for a while because of these issues that they have. And I really like that. I did too. I mean, granted, so I was reading this and I, I had a really hard time because on the one hand, I sent you a I sent you a text, I think. That said, there's no sex and I'm 86 pages in. I think that was verbatim the text. <laughs> that was one of them. But, but I think <laughs> like, I said something like, I'm, I'm really excited for the budding sister love, but I did not come here for that. <laughs> However, um, I know, and I, I was reading it and I was like, man, th- I don't think this book is as good as when I listened to it when I had dengue fever. No, and that's the thing. <laughs> it's it's good. It, no, is it is good. good. It's a good fiction book. It's just not a hammer time book. No, and but it is a romance. It's a romance on several levels. Like there's oh, yeah. five love stories in this thing. And, and I mean, not to mention the family redemption, the friendships that, mm-hmm. that you get to watch the friendship love stories, because I really do think that there are there are definite love stories within a friendship. Why? Do you yeah. think there's a love story of course. in our friendship? Of course. <laughs> are you kidding? My personal Instagram, the first uh, the first photo is me asking you out on a friend date and oh. you saying yes with a heart around it. <laughs> Did you know that our friend anniversary is October 15th? <gasps> oh my gosh, yeah. that's tomorrow. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> sorry, everyone. We digress. Okay, so Sydney left when she was 18, like right out of high school. Sydney takes off because she wants to be like her mom. And also she went through this particularly hard breakup with a man named Hunter John. And I don't do double names. Fuck that nope. guy. <laughs> But, like, I felt like Hunter John was, like, the perfect name for this toolbox. Like, I well, It like... is. It is. No, <laughs> yeah. his personality reflects his his awful dullard of a name. So um, what happened with him was basically, like, a reverse notebook, in my opinion. Like, he's from this great family, mm-hmm. and his family allowed him to kind of slum it with Sydney for a little bit, date a Waverly for a little bit. But, like, everyone knew that he was going to end up with a Clark woman. Um, I forget his last name, but he's in, from this affluent family, and they end up with Clarks. And Clark so the women family was, always marry well. Yeah, Ugh. and Clark women always get their man. <laughs> so, and they keep their men. And they keep them. Yeah. So, so Hunter John is in love with Sydney all through high school, and then he dumps her right after graduation because, like, he can't end up with a Waverly woman, and she's like poor and you know so sydney takes off and she has adventures in new york and san francisco and las vegas and she's like got different names and she's dating men and stealing their money and just like 
living crazy. Yeah. She really sort of, this section of her life really reminds me of the character from Showgirls. <laughs> no. That's all I, that's all I could imagine the whole time. Which character? Um, What's the main, like, Jesse no? Spano. No. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> obviously so because she's she steals and she she gets her versace uh dress and she's cocktailing <laughs> she in vegas <laughs> but you know she can dress it up and and get the get the affluent men's uh-huh, um uh-huh. So, yeah <laughs> that's what i so and then she hitches a ride as soon as that town is dead mm-hmm. that's and what steals Sydney's the man's money that's right yeah I'm all about it. And uh, she eventually meets this man who's a restaurateur in Seattle uh, named David. And he is, I think at the start, just emotionally abusive. But she's like, whatever, I can handle it. And then she's about to leave him and she gets pregnant. And so she has this daughter. And then he becomes physically abusive and she can't leave. And she tries to leave and goes to Boise for a while. She goes to beauty school there where we find out that uh, Sydney's Sydney's Waverly talent is that she does great hair. <laughs> yeah, she the can... spectrum of witch talents. Uh, this one's pretty lame, I think. Well, I mean, but I think that it says a lot more about their personalities than. Yeah, it's not just that Sydney can do great hair. That's that's definitely the expression of it. But it's mm-hmm. that she can look at someone and say, "No, this is their person. This is that person's defining character trait." Mm-hmm. Um, she meets a, a house. Yeah, she can. She she meets a housekeeper at one point, and she's like, "That woman hates mistakes," and that sort of yeah. thing. Um, and she can also figure out what's going to bring out better parts of your personality mm-hmm. and uh, give you like an innate confidence via your hair. Yeah, and you'll like have a better day. You'll you'll have better mm-hmm. luck. Um, <laughs> Your your mechanics won't try to to fuck you um, financially with right. your car. Oh boy, that went places. Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, she's stuck with this guy David in Seattle, and she plans and es- he's on a trip, and she plans this escape. That she had a friend that helped her get a car, and the friend's gonna, you know, she gets Bay out and okay. goes and gets this car. Okay, I'm sorry, but I have to say something. Uh Sydney and Bay, her daughter, are living in this townhouse with her incredibly abusive partner. He regularly sexually assaults her in -hmm. in addition to hitting her and, and all the things. And apparently he is just charming enough to get the old lady next door to report on yeah. Sydney and Bay, even while, like, she describes going to the park, and this angel, Greta, finally sees her and works up the courage to be like, hi, I am thinking you're not okay. Because she can literally see bruises on Sydney's body. Meanwhile, this absolute monster of an old woman is like no that's that's right that's how a man should treat a woman and i'm gonna make sure that she is stuck in that apartment till the day she fucking dies until he kills her that is how long she should be (laughs) with this man susan susan Um, should have a a piano fall on her susan (laughs) needs some karmic fucking retribution um i would like to tell our listener whoever you are out there (laughs) That Melody is 
that that um tirade came from about one to two sentences in the book where it said (laughs) the lady next door susan like david asked her to check on them and report if they left which i uh, fair extrapolation (laughs) no fuck that lady piano but this is like a conversation that happened piano on the cabeza nope (laughs) done she and her cats nope so they escape I thought the description of this escape where they're like waiting for Greta to bring the car around was really, really good where she like has this panic attack. Like it was really, really a effective part of the book. Well, there's so much of so much of this and, and so much of the descriptions later on. It's like tragically mundane. Mm-hmm. It makes it even more powerful because it's not mm-hmm. graphic. It's not in the moment. There's no there's no like, you know, real time beating but just her descriptions of how every day this treatment has become is even more unsettling Mm -hmm. than a really graphic description it's oh i'm getting chills right now just remembering it was really good like the way she ends up in this parking lot and greta's not there with the car and she just sits down on the curb and puts her face in her hands and it's just it's heartbreaking it's a really good Bay goes and comforts her, and she's like, "It's yeah, gonna be okay, Mama." Like and kids do. Oh God, Bay slayed me all through this book because yeah. Bay's Bay's way really telling is that she knows where things belong, from like you know where her dad is going to want his socks at that moment so he doesn't beat her mom, mm-hmm. to where the silverware should live, to who should be with who because they are there to get like they should be together forever. Mm-hmm. Bay is the the best mm. yeah it, when things are from her pers- be- eh, perspective it's it's delightful mm-hmm. so sydney arrives back in bascom with some suitcases and like we said her and claire kind of have a a little bit of a it's awkward at the beginning because she yeah. just kind of shows up she's been gone for 10 years claire doesn't know where sydney's not going to tell her where there's kind of this animosity between the two of them but uh claire offers sydney a job working at her catering business. She asked her to help out. And in exchange, like Claire will watch uh, Bay sometimes. They kind of got this thing. So the first catering thing that they do is a catering event at Hunter John <laughs> and uh, his wife, Emma's place. And Emma is a Clark woman who moved in on Hunter John as soon as Sydney left. And she was the one that Hunter John's parents wanted him to marry his whole life. Well, and not only that, but we find out that Emma, I mean, Emma is a tragic little creature, isn't mm-hmm. she? Woof. Mm-hmm. Poor thing. She has just, she has been taught that she is good for one thing and she has one goal in life and mm-hmm. that is how to attain it and that is how she should measure her self-worth. It is sex and keeping a wealthy man. Mm-hmm. And um, Like all so, Clark women. <laughs> all Clark women. Oh my God. And like... I mean, embrace your talent, ladies, right? I'm all about that. But Mm -hmm. her mother, talk about another goddamn monster. God, she is a monster. She's incredible. this is not extrapolated from one line in the book. Oh, no. This this is an actual character this time. Yeah. We took no leaps in this one, as I am wont to do. No. So Emma, poor Emma, she she thinks that her mother just is almost omniscient in her ability to manipulate other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And she really values what her mother thinks, which is problematic because her mother is a, a horrible person. Mm-hmm. And she was coached by her mother throughout 
high school while Sydney, while while Hunter John was slumming it, to mm-hmm. be Sydney's best friend and sabotage their relationship from the outside. Yeah. So like everyone knows that Clark women um, can do can like make fruit flies come out of their vagina in a good way. That was weird. Wait, that was a weird. Nope, Wait, don't like it. No, I'll cut we that. need to examine this. Do not edit that. <laughs> like, I want to know what I your meant, situation is. I like they could is. do like crazy tricks with their vagina and somehow like, fruit flies popped out of my that mouth. That's out. disgusting. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> I was thinking, what was I thinking? Butterflies. I don't- I know. And somehow I fruit know. flies. Happen. But that makes me think there's something rotten in there. Like same, like same. No, as soon as I said that. it, I tried to like grab it with my hands. Ooh, yeah. I hated that. I You're welcome, you listener. To, like, you need to I'm talk sorry. to your therapist about that one for do. sure. I probably uh-huh. do. Okay. Well, <laughs> butterflies and rainbows come out of their vaginas. Mm-hmm. That's better. Um, and so. Sydney talks to Emma and she's like, we're going to have sex for the first time thinking she's talking to her best friend. And Emma's like, okay, why don't I tell you all the ways to give a horrible teeth filled blowjob and tell you that like sex hurts a ton. Weird shit. The book doesn't say any of this out loud. I'm just no coming. It just says that she told her to do it wrong and she told her that it was going to be scary. So Emma's terrible monster mother decides to have this event at their house catered by Claire's catering company because she's heard from the 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 town gossip family uh that Sydney's back in town so she wants she's worried Sydney's back in town Hunter John really loved her and he, she's going to take Hunter John away from Emma which is like just complete fabrication in the minds of these Clark women like they they've just decided that Sydney's back in town so she must be back for Hunter John so they mm-hmm. They uh, set her up to be a caterer at this event so that Hunter John will see her as like the help instead of, you know, to embarrass her, basically. Um, and it is embarrassing. Well, also yeah. asking Claire to make food that will make the guests feel like they're incredibly wealthy and super in love because right. they're trying to set up this juxtaposition of beautiful and idyllic and tiny waisted and gorgeous against mm-hmm. the servants the the servant class if you right and uh sydney is embarrassed and she doesn't know that emma married hunter john and she realizes it's a setup and she gets upset and claire with all of her abandonment issues is like oh no i fucked it up leave and she's gonna leave me and the whole thing and so she has poisons the food basically (laughs) so sydney calls tyler because they've struck up this adorable friendship and she's like, Tyler, you need to come get me as soon as possible. And so Claire calls him back and she's like, I need to fix this. I need you to get a bunch of these ingredients. And she sabotages the dessert buffet. Mm-hmm. And it's and lovely. So then before the end of the night, like Sydney goes home early and she gets all these calls from all the women there, like apologizing and saying they're so sorry that Emma had set her up and this kind of thing. So there are a few other love stories that kind of take place in the background. And I think now is probably a good time to just kind of hit on those. Yeah, yeah, I like that. One of them is Emma and Hunter John, because they never really encounter our two main sisters again, but we kind of follow them. And Emma's got this in her head. And I actually really like this. I have a feeling you don't. Uh, you're going to go off on a tirade here, but Uh-oh. Emma's got it in her a head. patented melody tirade? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> TM. Uh, <laughs> 
that that uh, Hunter John's going to leave her for Sydney. Like Sydney's back in town now. She's threatened, so she's like throwing herself at him in every which way, and like is showing up naked in his office, like just being very very desperate in a way that's really turning Hunter John off. And she keeps bringing up Sydney and being like, mm, "Sydney looked old today, don't you think?" And he's mm-hmm. just like, "Stop fucking doing this." And this kind of goes on until its ultimate conclusion where Hunter John, like, sends the kids out of the house and is just like, what the fuck are you doing? And yeah. she's like, you got to leave me for her. And he's like, no. I really liked that this was a complete neuroses and fabrication in the minds of Emma and her mother and not a real thing. And she just, like, made this competition in her head that didn't exist and it drove her just off the rails because I think women do that so much and this was a really good representation of this because it keeps clipping back to Sydney just like doing other shit and not giving not caring at all about Hunter John yeah, and not clipping back to to Emma just being like she's stealing my man you think that that is what I was going to go on a tirade about yeah mm-hmm. no I loved it and yeah? the reason is yes yes because when you when you take an entire human being and you boil mm-hmm. them down to sex and keeping a man, there's mm-hmm. going to be neuroses. Mm-hmm. If you if you take a little girl and you tell her her whole life that she is only worth this one thing and you surround her with people who look mm-hmm. at the human woman like that, then of course, of, of course. And, and this is a beautiful moment. As much as Hunter John is an absolute toolbox, he is a great partner because as they're talking about this he's like I have a feeling that I didn't know Sydney was in our relationship for the past 10 years because he doesn't know that the way this relationship started is that Emma got pregnant on purpose thinking Mm -hmm. that he was going to go off to school and leave her and Emma has lived her whole marriage terrified that Hunter John only wants her for sex she wants to know that he actually loves her you know I loved it I loved it. And okay. he, he he basically told her, you know, I love you and I love our, our kids and I love our life. And none of this matters because goals change and I don't want this woman. She's not my person. You're my person. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. No. Okay. It was great. <laughs> All right. Because, because really, it's real life. If you, uh, yeah, if you I make agree. a girl feel... <laughs> <laughs> fucking patriarchy man <laughs> i i wish you guys or you guy uh could see melody right now because her whole face like scrunched up oh and so mad oh oh, um, oh also i'm sorry real quick i um i casted emma in my brain do you want to know who it is <laughs> sure anna camp anna camp Ooh, yeah anna is, camp would be a great emma yeah she was from true blood and she was in Good Girls Revolt, which is an Amazon Ugh, original yeah. that really tragedy, needed to get tragedy. Um, renewed and fucking didn't. Mm. I didn't know you watched that. Oh, of yeah, that course was a tragedy. I did. Are you kidding? Um, <laughs> she was in yeah, Pitch she Perfect. Would, she was in Pitch Perfect. That is the, the, yeah. like, the mainstream thing. She was so good. And yeah. she would be perfect for this role because this is literally her typecast. So Yeah. Um, okay, so the other love stories really quickly. There's a um, an older gay gentleman named Fred and his partner. And I, I honestly can't remember his partner's James. name right now. James. And James is kind of slowly leaving Fred. And the reason behind it is that James has kind of made every decision in their relationship and drawn Fred out for the past, what, 30 years or something like that, 20 years. And, you know, Fred, without understanding took James for granted and just 
did not did not take any initiative in anything. And so James is kind of fading away. And that's it's a exhausting. particularly sad love story, you know, because they're they break up and they they just are broken up and it never and Fred really, really wants James to come back and it never happens. But however, bit, yeah. we get a beautiful friendship love story that mm-hmm. is so nice. Because Fred moves in with Even L, mm-hmm. our favorite old lady, and they have this great um He becomes her GBF. Yeah, and Evenel's husband died long ago, and so it's very nice to have Fred around, and he does handyman stuff uh, around the house. cooks a lot for her. Yeah, cooks for her, and, you know, she gives him hilarious company and a roof over his head. So back to what's important, which is Claire and Sydney, our main characters, and uh, particularly Claire and Tyler, the sexy art teacher. Mm. He Tyler is enamored with Claire, partially because he ate one of the apples from the apple tree and immediately had a vision of beautiful Claire wearing a headband in like with a beautiful short white hair. dress with short hair. And he was like, va, va, voom. And I mean, he doesn't know that it's a magical been, apple. Right. And he had been glowing purple before that. So yeah. that really just intensified the feelings. Uh. Right. <laughs> and so Claire can tell. And he's her next door neighbor. So mm-hmm. they're always kind of in each other's faces. Since Tyler's a teacher and it's the summertime, he has nothing better to do than kind of like stand outside and pine. That's really um, cute. Toward their house. And, like and one, of, one of my Claire's favorite. window of, yeah, one of my favorite little details is um he'll he'll like pace his backyard outside of Sydney's window. So mm-hmm. Sydney's like, This fucker is like keeping <laughs> me up at night. He's like my goddamn personal nightlight, just yeah. glowing we- purple over there. <laughs> Can you please put him out of his misery? Um, because I need some sleep. <laughs> right. Um, so Claire doesn't want to fall in love with him, even though he's clearly like all he's about in it forever. Claire. Yeah. And this um, man is not leaving Claire. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> and so Claire keeps like bringing him various like casseroles and um, various products from the garden to make him like some are like to remember the good times or to see clearly or whatever. And she thinks that'll make him remember like, oh, previously I had more fun with women or I can see clearly now Claire is an old ugly bag and instead it's just like yeah. making him fall more in love with her and he's just like a casserole <laughs> gee <laughs> I'm so happy <laughs> so this kind of culminates on the 4th of July because there's a big 4th of July celebration where the Waverly sisters sell honeysuckle wine it's kind of a tradition and this is also the time where Sydney's love story kind of kicks up and she sees Henry Hopkins for the first time since elementary school. And he will and not had, stop staring. Yeah, he stares at her for like 30 minutes. And he's a farmer. He owns he has a dairy with his father or his grandfather, actually, grandfather. Uh, outside of town. And he and Sydney were best friends in elementary school. Until sixth grade when she Got came boobs. back from summer vacation with boobs and he couldn't talk to her anymore. So he just avoided her uh, <laughs> for the rest of his life. And now she's back and he's like, oh, I'd really like to talk to Sydney Waverly. And then he does on the 4th of July. He goes and sits with them and they kind of have a they spark their friendship up again. And then Tyler shows up the celebration and Sydney is loading up her or no, not Sydney. Claire is loading up the honeysuckle wine in the car. And, and he's Tyler decides her. it's time. It's time 120 pages into this book. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Try 160. 
sorry, Mel. I'm sorry. But it was romantic up no, until it then, was. right? It totally was. It's but a slow again, burn, guys. If you, if you read this book, um, <laughs> thinking that there's going to be sexy times immediately, you're just going to be reading it, like, waiting for the sexy times. I just wish I had known so that I could so really enjoy the levels because there are levels there's mm-hmm. character development there's a lot of plot set up there's a lot of interweaving stories that are truly beautiful and magical i was just waiting for the the penis to come out uh-huh and you said in the text you said when are they going to i think bang or something <laughs> like that and i said melody they are but they're gonna make love like and then i said blurg <laughs> <laughs> yes you did <laughs> So he, but this kiss. Oh wait, is like wait, good yes. kiss. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes. So like, I felt like this kiss was worth waiting for. He's like pinning her up against the van. They can't like yes, they can't pry themselves away from each other. It's good. It's really, really good. Well, and my consent boner was uh, <laughs> super happy because uh, oh. although <laughs> although God, he never. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, go for it. <laughs> so, and this is weird because I, the, my consent boner was super happy, even though she quite literally said, get away from me, Tyler. <laughs> uh-huh. And so he was like, are you, are you scared of love? Are you scared of me? Are you scared of a kiss? And she's like, no one in their right mind is scared of a kiss. And then he's like, don't really close stupid, to her. Tyler. Yeah, don't, don't be dumb, Tyler. <laughs> and so he's really close to her and she's like, She's pinned like she's she backs up against the van and he the text says that he puts one of his hands on the van near her shoulder mm. and she could easily, you know, just move laterally and get out from in between them. But she doesn't want to. And then she sees a little crow's feet in his eyes and then she sees that his ear was pierced. And then she's like, oh, your mouth is so mesmerizing. Oh, I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> And so there was definitely like, some some implicit but raging consent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and I then, love that for like something to be hot for you, it just has to not be illegal. <laughs> like that. That's where you're like, mm, they aren't breaking any laws tonight. <laughs> we all have our standards, Aaron. That right. one is mine. <laughs> Um, okay, wait, but then the, and again, the casual mysticism, as they're kissing, she's getting these images from him in her, Mm -hmm. in her brainsicle, where they're like growing old and having babies and doing all the things. And um, Mm -hmm. meanwhile, he, you don't know this yet, but he's getting images from her that's like just this raging sexual frustration (laughs) like Mm -hmm. her whole body starts heating up in a way that's almost painful and she's a little bit like rogue from Mm x-men um because they they both you know when they say kisses make you weak need Mm -hmm. um instead of that when they finally break away tyler can't move because his energy has been drained Mm -hmm. from this kiss uh it's just so hotty toddy (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. It was a good kiss. It was it a good one. Be, it might be one of the better kisses I've ever read. My note, however, is we're 168 pages in <laughs> and there's only been one mystical kiss. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have warned you. I'm you really, sorry. I mean, that's the only thing I wanted. Okay, but the book is, I just have to make one note. There is some really lovely phrasing and a lot of a lot of great imagery one of them Mm -hmm. that I wrote down it's it's not even one of the best ones but it's when I had my computer near the book she was describing the upstairs portion of their house and she says summer was filling the house tightening it with heat and I was like oh that's yeah that's exactly Mm -hmm. how that feels but I had never thought about it in that in that way there's a lot of really beautiful writing in this book a lot of gorgeous Um, language so the next big thing that happens here is that Sydney, I don't, I don't remember like where she went or what the deal was. She may have gone to the, they may have gone off with Henry for the day at the farm. Yes. Because she goes with Henry to the farm, takes Bay with her so that Bay can see the cows. Well, Bay, um, Bay knows where her mother belongs. And so know, yeah. at the grocery store. Okay. So Evanel had gone out to his house to give them maraschino cherries and she didn't know why. This was like a week ago. So then Henry is at the grocery store at the same time they are because he's getting Sunday, um, like hot fudge Sunday supplies because his grandfather wanted to use the maraschino cherries, particularly that day, because that's why they needed them mm-hmm. so that he could reconnect with mm-hmm. Sydney and start bonding with Bay. And so the moment he's like, do you want to come mm-hmm. and have hot fudge Sundays with us? Bay's like, yeah, I love cows and I love all the things that I've never loved before. And Sydney's like, I don't know why... <laughs> Okay, we can go out there. What is this sudden interest in cows? <laughs> yeah, she's. Like, I like them. I like them. It's where we belong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Bay decides that her mom belongs with Henry, and they belong on the farm. So they go out there, and they don't come home until like Late. middle of the night. And Claire thinks Sydney's left because mm-hmm. Sydney could take off at any moment, mm-hmm. and she didn't know where she was, and her phone wasn't working or whatever. And so she's freaking out when they get home, and she has this kind of like release of emotions. And so she goes out in the garden and starts like pulling up weeds and stuff. Well, and because she's... she has been literally singeing things with her hands, yeah. and the house is like shaking a little bit because Claire mm-hmm. is, I mean, just vibrating with panic. We describe her as a raw nerve. Yes. And she's in the garden, like trying to do herb stuff. And she's like cooking all the herbs with her hands. Like it's very fragrant, like mint and, you know, whatever, all these different herbs. So Sydney calls Tyler. She's like, Tyler, you need to go back into the garden because Claire's having a moment. Yeah, Claire needs you, she says. Yeah. Which is really sweet. So Sydney and Bay go to bed and Tyler goes out to the garden to see what's going on with Claire. And here it is, Mel. Here's your first sexy time. Kind of. Kind of. There's a lot of fucking foreplay. All right. And they don't even describe. Okay. So it's very hot. Don't get me wrong. He comes over and she's like distraught. And at first she's like, get away from me. Get away from me. Get away from me. No, come closer. Um And he's uh, he's so sexified by her when he sees her in the garden in her nightgown that he stops and grabs his puts his like knees, his head between his knees. Yes. Just for a moment. Yeah. Just to gather himself before approaching. Right. And then she starts crying and he actually like falls to his knees because Mm -hmm. he's so overwhelmed by like the the emotion that she's radiating Mm -hmm. so they kiss and hug and she puts uh her cheek over his heart and it's all really really sweet so basically what i loved about this is just that 
Tyler's up for anything. Um, he's like, oh, please don't cry. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I want to I want to be here for you. And what do you need? And she's like, no, no, mm-hmm. no, make it better. Don't don't stop kissing me. Don't stop touching me. Like, make me feel better. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, I'll do anything just to make you stop crying. And she says, will you not remember this tomorrow? And he was like, okay, I can, I can do that for you if that's what you need. Right. I don't know. It was just, it was really, really gorgeous. The author is obviously not afraid of the word breast. Mm -hmm. Um, She has no problem describing uh, like, you know, kissing breasts and, oh, and she actually uses the word nipple, but she can't, Mm -hmm. she, she just won't describe anything else and so she doesn't go to penis town no so the thing that drives me a little crazy is that every time we have some sort of uh sexy time start it it essentially like in a movie it would fade to black but then the next morning we get the little tidbit that they didn't actually have um penetrative sex right because claire says i you know i can't believe he would do all of that only for my pleasure Mm-hmm. and not get anything himself as if like just the <laughs> act isn't isn't enough you know like right. a lot of times the the helping someone else feel good is just as as good as well maybe not just mm-hmm. as but yeah no. claire doesn't think that way that's how tyler was thinking but that's not how claire was thinking no and they wake up naked in the garden yeah claire's Which freaking like. out yeah i like that too like and tyler's like just smiling like just grinning ear to ear and she's like trying to, like gathering her things and like trying she's to like get horrified. her shit together and he's just like yeah and he's just like good morning <laughs> like how are she's you like, hey. she's like terrible <laughs> yeah and then they find that the um the tree the apple tree that's personified has written thank you in the dirt from underneath the ground like with its roots to be like thanks finally claire like jesus christ like you've been uh you've been tormenting this house and this tree with your sexual frustration for too long yeah i do like i do like because she's walking away from him she's like fuck i gotta get out of here and Mm -hmm. he's like you're welcome and she like rounds on him to be like you arrogant (laughs) and then sees that the tree has written this and she's like i didn't write that and leaves (laughs) really cute (laughs) so then like you know the next big thing that happens with them is that claire kind of has a change in her where she's like she decides that she can accept love like her and sydney have some conversations and she's like you know what i'm gonna put myself out there well and more than anything sydney gives her a haircut remember Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Because Sydney can't get any business in town because fucking Ariel Clark, that monster, is basically <laughs> blackballing her at the nicest salon in town. Right. And so she's she's just been spending weeks just sweeping up cuttings from other people and attempting to get business and not having any. So Claire goes in because she really wants her sister to stay. Mm-hmm. And she sits down and she says, give me a haircut. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Sydney, Claire has like bedraggled long hair. She hasn't had a haircut in years. Yeah. She's, she's had three this, haircuts like, in her life. Um, yeah. and because that's how her grandmother wore her hair. So that's how she's going to wear her hair. Right. And Sydney just asked her, do you trust me? And then she gets this sex hair. She gets yeah. this gorgeous, <laughs> like, I'm going to bring out all the best parts of your personality and it's short. So a bunch of, you know, she can no longer hide behind her hair is a big through line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so as, a, as well, that's part of the component of um, Claire saying, yeah, let's I'm going to throw caution to the wind and and take a risk on this yeah. man who is not a risk at all. 
<laughs> and Claire feels very different because now her neck is exposed. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times her long hair was like covering her breasts mm-hmm. and now she's kind of like all out there. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, she's okay. feeling her womanly oats. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put on makeup. Oh, <laughs> which is like a first bound chicka. Yeah, I'm going to do my hair. I'm going to put on this dress. So she And she's going to go over to Tyler's she house. She has heels like, on. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And she's going to go over there and be like, take me. So she uh, goes downstairs and she's like, hey, Sydney, um, do I look okay? And Sydney's like, God, you always look okay. And then she looks up and she's like, whoa, like you look really good. And then. Uh, but also Tyler Claire, doesn't need that, Claire. He's a sure right. thing. If you, you yes. could go over there in a burlap <laughs> sack covered in mud. And he Which would lick it doing. off of you. Yeah, basically. They don't describe what Claire's wearing very much, but when they do, it's like loose khakis and a button-down shirt covered in mud. It's always rocks. Right. I um, imagine a lot of house dresses, you yeah. know. They talk about her gardening clogs several times, mm-hmm. which I assume are Crocs. I just, I, that's what my brain did. Yeah, same. So anyway, so she goes over to Tyler's house and she kind of like presents herself of like, here I am. Can I come in? <laughs> and he's got a girl over there named yeah. Rachel who he's like, here's my friend Rachel. She's staying for three days. And Claire's just like, gotta go. Oh, no. And she's so sexy and I can see her bra. Cause I guess her like bra strap was out or whatever. Right. And Claire's got it in her head that Rachel like wants Tyler and is like competing with her for Tyler and is here because they used to be in a relationship and she's trying to get him back. And that's I why mean, she's Waverly staying with women him. are very intuitive. So I don't think she's yeah. wrong. It may be true. It may not be true. But, but Tyler has given no, her no indication yeah. that he cares if that's no true. No indication that he's interested. And really, she has no indication from Rachel either, unless no. there's some kind of intuitive nature that's going on with the the witchy qualities of these two women. Yeah, I think there there was a moment where I was like, Claire, I think she's just wearing a trendy shirt and you can see her bra strap, which doesn't equal I want to jump Tyler's bones. It just equals I don't live in Bascom, North Carolina, and I know <laughs> right. where an H&M is. Like... <laughs> But part of it to me, I really liked this because I, I love that there were these like stints of unnecessarily competition, unnecessary competition between women because of like a, a manifested, like fabricated thing in their mind that they thought this other woman was moving in on them. And it always every time in this book, whether it's between the sisters or Claire and Rachel or Emma and Sydney, it always turns out to be wrong. Like none of these women are out to get each other and they keep thinking that they are. Well, but they also, I really like, they also really embrace the idea and they're just like, Oh, okay, well then that's fine. Then yeah, I'm silly. We can be friends or we can be, you know, I'm going to look out for you in really important ways, even if we're never friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's really good. Well, and I also like, so Claire quite literally runs away. She mm-hmm. she just books it out of there. Meanwhile, Tyler's like, no, you don't have to go. Oh, bye. No, no, no. And she goes in and she's like, Sydney, I'm a dumbass. Like he has a girl there and I'm going to go shower and I'm going to I'm going to shower off this sex makeup because I'm a mm-hmm. dummy. And like there was no drama. There was no anything because Tyler just like, hey, Rachel, um, why don't you hang and I'm going to go fix and this. fix this. Mm hmm. So I did get a little he's a like mature adult man who knows what he wants. Uh, like he's a person yeah. who knows what he wants and he's mm-hmm. not going to let this bullshit get him down. 
Mm-hmm. So he just walks into her bedroom, which is a little weird. Um, but I didn't hate it. But you know, Sydney told him to go in there. You yeah, know, she, she was did. Like, she did. So now in Claire's in a robe, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and her hair is all wet. And uh, he's like, "Hey, why did you come over to my house?" And she's like, "No reason." And he's like, "No, no, no. I want to know why you came over." And she goes, "I will die if you make me say it out loud. I will die here just of embarrassment." And he was like, "So really I'm guessing like it line. wasn't a uh, dinner or a movie. It was um, the garden." <laughs> she's like, oh. <laughs> and she's so like, then, yeah, I didn't forget. You didn't forget. No one forgot. Nobody forgot. Nobody forgot. Nobody <laughs> forgot. Um, and he's like, I'm not gonna. For- I can't forget anything about you. I basically think about you all the time. Okay, now my mouth is on yours. And so then he takes off her robe, or he like opens her robe, and she falls mm-hmm. onto the bed, and he takes off his shirt because he knows that she needs this skin to skin contact, and right. uh, they smooch. And then she's like, there are other people within 50 miles of us, so we can't have sex. <laughs> which is which is fucking bullshit. Because first of all, she's like, um, she says, we can't do this with Sydney and Bay in the house. Which is, which is fucking bullshit. Ridiculous. Because they just had sex publicly outside in the garden with Sydney and Bay in the house. And Claire assumedly was awake. Right Claire was, Claire was in turmoil at that point. So who the fuck knows what she was thinking? Not to With mention the garden gate Sydney, was unlocked as well. Sydney would anyway. love to go for a walk. Sydney mm-hmm. would have no problem getting the fuck out of Dodge so that her sister oh, yeah. can have some fun times by herself. Um, but even more, Tyler is like, let me just go. Oh, fine. Let's just get rid of Rachel for a second. Yeah. I'll tell her to go to a movie. Go sightsee in Bascom or whatever, mm-hmm. Rachel. And, get and some Claire's ice cream, like, Rachel. No, 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 no. Uh, <sighs> you can't get rid of Rachel. And so they're like, okay, we'll have to wait until Three Rachel leaves. days. Which is bullshit. This I mean, is stupid. This is, this is manufactured. It, it totally is. But the one thing that I did like about it like I said, this is a skip heartbeat book because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a slow burn. There's a lot of anticipation and they actually talk about that. They're like, expectation can be, you know, really good too, right? And so each morning, like before dawn, they can't sleep because they they want each other so badly. And so they'll meet mm-hmm. out in the garden and whisper sweet nothings to each other and make out and grope. And I like it because Claire is 34 years old. She's never been on a date. She's never had a person interested in her. She's never opened herself up to that. And so I did like it because she's getting that kind of like adolescent, we're going to sit in the movies and neck kind of experience before, Mm -hmm. you know, committing to anything more physically. I don't know. I thought it was a nice touch for them because she really needed to sort of come around And Mm -hmm. there is that beautiful part of a new relationship where everything is new and fresh and just like a caress on a forearm can send lightning bolts straight to your doodah. And like, (laughs) (laughs) that's what she's Uh experiencing for three days. And so I dug that. I empathize with that in a really satisfactory way. Yeah. I like that they had this anticipation of three days. I just felt like plot wise, it it was was a little bit manufactured and dumb. Like at least there would have been a better device to make them have to wait. That's all. I like that they waited. So then they, they get together and have the sex right after the three days, but the author doesn't describe it. 
No. So this <laughs> bitch. He uh, so Claire's in her room. She sneaks into Sydney's room because Sydney's the one with the view of of Tyler's house, and she watches Tyler put Rachel into a cab. And then he stands in his front yard looking longingly at the Waverly house, just sort of willing her to come outside. And Sydney's like, go fuck already. I am <laughs> over this. She's like, got her pillow. awake all night. Yeah, she's got her pillow over her head. And Claire's like, oh, I didn't know you were, you were awake. And she's like, just get out of here. And so she goes to the front yard. And, and the only description we get is that they run to each other in between the houses and he grabs her hand and then they walk into the house and nine months later a baby is born i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) mariah is her name (laughs) i'm sorry so bad. It's not. It's not that I'm not just as frustrated as you are. It's just that when we were gonna have like fall Halloween books for October, and I was like, "Fuck, you have to read garden spells." I just forgot. I just had this like fucking dengue fever, man. I know. I'm sorry. I just had this like wonderful memory of this book being so delightful it when is. I was delusional. No, it which is. is delightful. But I forgot that there was like barely any sex in it. I'm sorry. Like I had, there is I literally no sex. sex. I guess don't say barely any, madam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Literally none. <laughs> If I had just known that, <laughs> it's a way to be a pal. I don't know. If it if it makes you feel any better rereading this, I felt the same way. I'm like, Aaron, why didn't you tell me, Aaron, that there wasn't going to be sex in this book? Dengue fever, Aaron. Why mm-hmm. didn't you alert normal Aaron without dengue fever? Yeah, I like that our first our first intro episode, you're like, um, I like there to be sex. In a romance okay. novel, Here, and then you pull listen, this bullshit Tyler out. Tyler had me. a working penis Honestly. that he used on her. It's not like we didn't, he I don't know didn't. that. Do I? No, I don't know that. <laughs> they could have gone to a sperm bank at some point. Like I don't. I, I have no proof, Aaron. <laughs> I didn't even get to see his penis. <laughs> Again, I don't I even know if he say, has one. Under any other circumstances, I would be just as frustrated as you. But since Whatever. I was the one who advocated and chose this book, I just feel like I have to keep apologizing. You more. should. I know. I mean, I, so, I still love anyway. you. And I really enjoyed this book. I really, 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 really enjoyed it. And it made me cry a couple times. And her Halloween treat was wonderful. But it was very one level. And mm-hmm. it was very like, it was a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. this, you actually do get to see the levels of different relationships and you get to feel that sort of high school, you know, young, mm-hmm. not even high school. I wasn't, I don't know if I was kissing anybody. Butterfly. There's butterflies. Yes, you get book. butterflies yeah. all over the place. So that's really nice. There's just zero completion. Right. For anyone. Okay, so they they have sex, assumedly, um, mm-hmm. or go to a sperm bank. Um, and then the the ending crescendo of this thing is that uh, Claire is going to have this dinner party in her backyard. Yeah. And she's invited everybody, even Elle's coming. I think the uh, Henry came, obviously, the two couples plus even Elle, I think, is who's there. Yeah, and um, they're calling it, uh, Sydney keeps on calling it her uh, deflowering celebration, which I yeah. really <laughs> liked. And then I really yeah. liked that um, instead of being, instead of being puritanical about it, it's not that. Claire's mm-hmm. hangups are not puritanical. 
Um, so when Sydney says that, she's like, stop. It, you make me sound like a dead plant. <laughs> like that's what, that's like what that. gets her is like, do not call, do not make me akin to uh-huh. a dead piece of vegetation. Uh, that mm-hmm. offends me as a master cool. gardener. Yeah, who, exactly. Who, who just has the greenest of thumbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so they're gonna have this. Oh, wait, party. so up until this point, sorry. One of the reasons that Sydney went home is that she kept on smelling lavender, and she kept on getting wisps of what home smells like when she was mm-hmm. in Seattle in that awful situation. And now, all the Waverly women in the house have been smelling this fucker's cologne, and it's frightening them. I loved the scene where Sydney went into Claire's room, I think, to tell her mm-hmm. what had happened when she finally opens up to her. And they both what smell had the cologne. With David, the abusive yes. guy. Yeah. And they both smell the cologne and like huddle into bed together. And then Bay shows up uh, because she also smelled the cologne. They were like, hurry, hurry, get in. And they just they just put themselves into a cocoon of of familial safety. And it's just mm-hmm. the sweetest. Mm. <laughs> it was good. So, so deflowering celebration. Sydney, yeah. So Sydney accidentally left, and she knows this. She accidentally left in Seattle an envelope of photos of her mother that were underneath the couch. And one of the photos of her mother included her holding up a sign that said, Goodbye, Bascom, like fuck North Carolina or something right. like that. And she knows that it's in the house, and she knows that David could use this to find her. And he eventually does. And he pulls up to a gas station outside of Bascom and who's there, but the Clark women. (laughs) And he shows them the picture of uh, Sydney who went by the name Cindy when she was in Seattle. And they were like, Oh yeah, that's Sydney Waverly. Well, and I really like this because Mm -hmm. once again, Emma is a tragic little creature because she's naturally not a giant slore bag. Mm -hmm. Unlike her mother. So her mother's like, oh, that's Sydney Waverly. She's in me me and she tried to steal my girl's husband. And Emma's like, no, she didn't. No, no, she didn't. <laughs> and she starts getting a really weird vibe from David the abuser. And she's really uncomfortable with the fact that her mother is telling him about Sydney's daughter. She's really uncomfortable with the amount that her mother is disclosing out of retribution, out of like, these aren't my people. Mm -hmm. And Emma gets the feeling that she's putting her in some sort of danger. Right. And I really, really enjoyed that about her. Yeah. So Emma goes and tries to warn her. She She goes into the gas station and calls Sydney and tries to say, hey, there's this guy looking for you. My mom gave him way too much information about you and your daughter. And I've just got this real bad feeling. Be careful. Um, Unfortunately, Sydney doesn't get that call because they are having the deflowering celebration in the backyard. So the celebration is ongoing. Henry is in the kitchen with Sydney. I forget what he says. What is... Oh, he says so she, something real sweet. Super sweet. Well, before that, he they had told her walk he loved and, her. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, I think you should go out with the receptionist at my salon. And he was like, I can't do that. And he describes it in this really beautiful way that you should just read for yourself. <laughs> um, and yeah, so he says he loves her and she's like, cool, 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 cool. All right. And like just lives her life. And then 
I don't know. I don't remember what he says in the kitchen, but it was sweet. And she like just kisses him against the refrigerator. Yeah, she just sort of pounces. Yeah. And it's lovely. And there's these colorful the, napkins the house. that were on top of the refrigerator that come like raining down on them. Like the house is like saying yay. The house was celebrating. <laughs> yeah. And then he looks at her after this this hot kiss and he's like, well, now there's no chance that I'm going out with this receptionist. <laughs> yeah, it was really cute. And she says, um, he's like, why did you just kiss me? And she's like, I wanted to be sure of something. And he's like, be sure of what? And she's like, I'll tell you later. So then they're doing their dinner in the backyard and David, the abuser, shows up. Well, because the the apple tree has been acting a fool Mm -hmm. up until this point. It's been like trying to pull the table away. It's been throwing apples at people. It's Mm -hmm. been doing a lot of like shivering and warning and stuff like that. And David, the abuser, shows up and they smell his cologne. And Sydney tells Bay to run behind the apple tree to hide Mm-hmm. And she immediately, like any incredible mother would, was like, don't worry, everyone. I'm just going to leave with David. I'll just and go then, with him. Yep. And and whispers to Claire. And this, and I mean, I cried. She was like, take care of Bay Because she knew that she would die. She went with him. Listener, whoever you <laughs> this are. Is, this is Melody Crows at Sweet Melody thing. just started crying. <laughs> and I didn't even think this was that sad in the book. But since Melody's crying, now I'm crying. <laughs> No, I just cry. <laughs> this wasn't even a sad part, but I just can't. No, watch it was it. beautiful. So much of this book is just like, like gorgeous. No. Okay. So then, so she tries to go with him, and he's like, he's having none of it because he's pissed off. He's out for blood now. So he points the gun. He has a gun. He points a gun at Tyler and is like, "Is this the guy you're fucking? Like, is this him? Because he's gonna kill whichever, whichever of these men that she's having sex with." And then. Henry jumps in front of the bullet. Henry gets shot in the shoulder. Don't worry, guys. He's fine. This isn't that kind of book. But nope. uh, Evenel tends to Henry. They have this tense verbal situation in the backyard. And then he sees Bay behind the apple tree. And he's like... No, he calls yeah. out to her. And he's like, where's my, where's my girl? Don't, like, come see daddy. And the apple tree throws an apple at his feet but he doesn't see that nor know about the tree so he's like oh does my does my little girl want me to eat this apple is that what's going on and takes a fateful Uh bite and then he sees the most important event in his life which is apparently getting shivved in prison we think uh at the end of this thing and sydney and he's like horrified he turns white and sydney's like oh is somebody did you just have a vision of somebody hurting you like is somebody gonna hurt you now is that what's gonna happen and if you stay here by the way we're gonna make sure that that does happen to you whatever that was and he freaks out and runs away and everything's happy eventually they find out that tyler is very like (laughs) I really like this about Tyler. He's like, are we going to call the police? Because, you know, they call an ambulance. And Tyler's like, how about the police as well, since a man was shot? And they're like, nah, you know, the apple tree scared him away. And he's like, what? No, no. Like, the police need to scare him away. That is not a rational response. Uh, Because still, Tyler doesn't know about the apple tree. Or maybe he does. He maybe learns in this moment. But... The police are called, and in a chase, uh, in a David crashes a pursuit. car. Yeah, and yeah. he goes to jail. He tries to hang himself in uh, in the jail so that whatever he had the vision of happening to him, probably in prison, does not happen. So, but he goes to prison, so I assume it does. And happily ever after, right? Yeah, we find out that um, you know Claire tells everyone that she's pregnant, and then. 
Yeah, even though yes. brings baby's breath to both to both Sydney and both ladies uh, and Claire, which could mean babies, could mm-hmm. mean marriage, but probably means both for both of them. <laughs> That's right, and, but we don't actually know. I mean, I'm I, I'm sure they they move to the the dairy farm. Yeah, and it's. The, it's and I wonderful. And Tyler moves in. Tyler with, moves in with Claire. Yeah, Tyler moves in with Claire, which makes sense because he had moved in months before in his house next door, and he never unpacked. And never unpacked. Which probably they never mm-hmm. like explicitly say it, but that means that he was never supposed to be there. I love this book. It was a lovely book. I was, I was touched in in a lot of my my heart places. Yeah, but not um, a lot of my lady part places. So we will make sure that the next book takes us to Pound Town. <laughs> <laughs> or at least we're gonna goddamn try who knows all right what's your self-love recommendation this week um i took a cooking class cooking cl- a baking class Ooh. with two of my friends on last week and we learned how to make uh fancy parisian macarons and if i didn't pronounce that right i don't care listener I just assume our one listener is very snobby about that. I don't know why. <laughs> Apparently. Um, yeah. And it was it was very complicated, but it was a very nice evening, mostly because they fed us throughout the night. It was just like, is a cookie not in your That's mouth? The best Rawr, part about you know. it. Yeah. So if you're out there, take a baking class. It's very nice. Calms you down. That's super Get fun. to meet new friends. Mine What's yours? is um, invest somehow in your corporeal form <laughs> what are you mommy what is that that's not a thing like i've given you a tangible like take sign up for a baking class that everyone can do what is this what are you okay so it was two things this week one um i finally got back to the gym because my neck was hurting for a little while and i couldn't do <laughs> such that lot, you couldn't so... imagine certain sex positions in books like i don't know how he does that with his no, neck really that seems like too much bending backwards <laughs> in a few places <laughs> no so this week uh on thursday i took this weightlifting class which just makes me feel like wonder woman every time i do it i'm just like i can take on the world even though i'm only lifting you know like maybe 20 pounds max throughout because in this particular weightlifting class the songs are like three to four minutes long so you're doing 500 squats with a weight on your shoulder so you can't it's not like a power lifting class mm-hmm. you know what I mean and then I used a gift certificate for a massage it was the best Thursday and Friday I've had in a really long time because I felt strong and I felt sore and I felt pampered and I just think that you should you know give your body some I love. really like That's- that mine was put as many cookies in your mouth <laughs> as possible <laughs> and you're no don't get me wrong to invest in your fitness well no i i also accidentally slipped and fell into an entire bag of potato mm. chips so mm. um, and i'm talking the family size like we're gonna host something mm-hmm. tomorrow and i'm gonna have to go get more potato <laughs> chips because i ate all of them <laughs> so you know it, it's life's all about balance <clears throat> I'm so good at balance. <laughs> All right. All right. I okay. think we're done. So we thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Heaving Bosoms. Um, we will announce the next book there. Yes. And send us a book recommendation or, you know, just chat with us about how you got into romance novels at our Heaving Bosoms podcast at gmail.com email. 
And then please subscribe so that, you know, it goes directly into your device wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us a five-star review and give us a suggestion, we will definitely do that Mm -hmm. book. Just remember, guys, remember the Mm -hmm. bribe. Think (laughs) Think about that bribe bribe. and go and review Uh us well. (laughs) Or just review us. That's fine, too. (laughs) That's fine, too. So keep being a badass and love yourself as much as you like fruit flies on your vagina (laughs) (laughs) oh god i'm so embarrassed about that but you know what don't edit it out (laughs) (laughs) all right guys have a lovely day bye hey you yes listener you Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes, we are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.